two locks and a cox. From Devon's Radio X with Exeter Chiefs. Things are heating up in the Premiership as the Chiefs take on Newcastle Falcons on Saturday the 23rd of March. Book your tickets today at tickethub.exeterchiefs.co.uk Hear ye, hear ye, gather round. It is episode 26 of Two Locks and a Cox with myself, Chris Bentley, the Wim Hof of Rugby Union and the Dame of the Realm, friend of Princess Anne, visitor to Buckingham Palace, Dame Sarah Cox, MBE. Windsor Castle. Windsor Castle. She came Same in, thing. She came in singing a song earlier. Didn't no, you I did you not. Did? Yeah, she did. She said, don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm still Coxy from the rock. Used to have a little, now I have a lot. And Princess Anne, she knows me. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what you happened. You've been desperate to, to sing oh, that. I haven't even done my bits yet. So um, just before we get, I'm starting from you. On the field, Six Nations kicks off in style. The Chiefs women lose at Bristol and Plymouth lose a big one. Plus, plus we've got Statman in. We do indeed have Statman. We do have Statman. Off the field, Dame Sarah Cox MBE visits Buckingham Palace or Kensington. or Windsor Castle. Castle. <laughs> and in the bin, the, 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 oh God, in the bin, child abuse and rugby. What? Two locks and a cocks. I saw about two short planks. There's two short planks outside and they still weren't as thick as you. That was really hard work, Chris. It was, but look, we're we're in. 26 episodes. We're in the top 5% of podcasts now, guys. We're flying. You love that stat, don't you? I do. You do you know, I don't even know where it came from, but I'm going with it. I reckon oh, okay. you just made it up, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Really cool. <laughs> I mean, we, everybody's tuning in today because they want to hear about Sarah Cox and her experience. Well, I've actually had a complaint. Adrian Bratt got in touch with me and said, can you please stop calling her Dame Sarah Cox because she's not a dame and it's not funny. And I, said, I told you. I, said, I told you. <laughs> I you are incorrect. <laughs> now you've got an official complaint. I said, I Thank said, you. I said, Adrian, no. I'm just calling her the dame. <laughs> now it's spurred you so on. This, this is to our regular listener, Adrian. In fact, we should do a shout out to some of our regular... Austin Donlan with the North Devon crew. Hope you're keeping well. Um, the Gucci gang over in Chicago. Ron in Texas. Mum, dad. Yeah, good shout out. Yeah. yeah, I'd say my sister, but I don't think she likes me, so she probably doesn't listen. That's fine. Okay, well, look, there's quite a bit of rugby that, I, that, that I'm keen to talk about. Should we talk about Six Nations first? Everyone happy there? Well, I've got a confession to make there first. Got him. Why I wasn't here last week. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I told oh. you I was going to be on a train, didn't I? Yes. Yeah, I wasn't on a train. Well, I'd actually cheated on the pod and gone on another pod. No, yeah, genuine. Really, were they really <laughs> professional and really good and had everything like really smooth and slick and yeah, just like us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, which pod? Like, uh, the good discuss and the rugby. Were you? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they're all right, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Honestly, their setup is unbelievable. Are they as funny as us? Ah, uh, I think they're different. I say they're. Worry, what I'm are just, you doing? I'm just something up. I'm queuing something up, Coxie. Carry on. This, what are you queuing up? Carry you on frighten me is every time to, you go on your phone. Is he trying to find your. Has it been published already? No. No, I don't know. I don't know when it's going out. Why, I've why, not looked, if I'm being honest. I've been, I, I, was just, in the, I was at Windsor Castle yesterday. Just, I can't oh say I've been God. fiddling around like... looking at podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What are you playing? It's a sad day. Sarah Cox chose a different podcast rather than her own to broadcast and talk about sport sadness in the world 
of two locks and a cox. <laughs> there we go. That's it. Okay, that was what he was queuing up. That was it. That was it. Okay. That was quite good. So, yeah. So I, I, cheat, I cheated on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, I'm fine with it. It's Sorry fine. about that. It's fine. It was a good day. I, I hope you had a good time and it comes out and it's really good and that you were as magnificent as you are sat here with us. That was lovely for you. And that's you. all I've got. Genuinely, wholeheartedly. Thanks. Why don't you believe me? I'm saying it with I'm a not, smile on my no, face. Yeah, that's there's what's no, frightening me. There's a smile <laughs> yes, on your face. Like when I say I'm nice. No, nothing with that. I'm glad you had a really good time and I hope it's great and gets loads of listeners and yeah, good. That's it. Now you're voting me out. No, I'm not. No, I'm genuinely not. <laughs> you're doing a coup. We're nothing without you. <laughs> That's lies. We need our, we need our dame. Yeah. Without a dame, that's it. Yeah, sorry about that. So yeah, I went and saw the the girls Mo and Scars, oh, and we cool. had a good old chat about refereeing and rugby and all things wonderful. I had an hour and a bit in a in a car with my new mate John Barkley. Oh, you did. Oh, the, in your uh, Tesla. Barks. Mm, yeah, yeah. Old B dog. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, we um, picked him up from Bristol Airport, brought him down. We had a really good sportsman's dinner at Winsley Manor. Uh, John Barkley, John Bentley. John Barkley picked him up from the airport, brought him down, and uh, yeah, we had a good old chat. Talked about whiskey and barbecue and things all the way whiskey, down. He's got a whiskey company now, hasn't he? Yes, he has, yeah. Well, no, he works for a whiskey company. Oh, okay. So uh, he works for Dalmore. Uh, it's really good. And he sells fine casks um, to very, very wealthy people. So we're talking. I, felt, I felt he was a bit too much in broadcast mode at uh, the sporting dinner. He was a little bit, but he's doing Six Nations stuff and he's lined up with the BBC. So kind mm. of switching those modes into a little bit more of a sort of open, secret fireside chat is probably a little bit harder for he, him. He gave us a few bits, but not, he gave not, us a little not bit, as much as yeah. I wanted. But right, can we get into Six Nations now? Uh, yeah, now yeah, that I've, I've... Now now that you've just dropped... Now that you've yeah, confessed. Now that I've confessed. You had to yeah, get it off your chest did, straight yeah. away, didn't you? It was like confession forgive, this morning. Forgive me, Chris and Ian, for I've yeah. sinned. <laughs> Like that, I'm quite sad. Oh, we should we should also we we should also do a very special welcome. Oh yes, Brad the rugby god is not with us. It's okay, Brad the rugby god. Brad the rugby god is is off doing another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Boy knows he does do another one. It's about politics. We now have we now have Josh the rugby god on the deck. Yes. How are we doing? You happy? The replacement. The replacement. I the like replacement. It. That's Better okay. Than. I yeah. think you should be with us forever now. Let's get rid of Brad. It's a younger God. version. This is, you could. Brad didn't get involved. You could get involved more. Get in the mix. Yeah, let's talk about the Six Nations then. Well, that's, yeah, let's talk about <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my word. And he has taken something. talking I, dribble. I called it and I'm sticking with it. The winner of the game in Marseille will win the Six Nations. So the Ireland. Six Nations has been decided. Ireland are going to win. With a grand slam? Yes. They're going to beat everybody. Yes. Including uh, a resurgent youthful England side. Including Italy this weekend by 30 points. Italy were good, though, in that first half of the England game. Italy have just got a mental problem. They're actually a really good rugby team. They play some good rugby, but they just don't believe they can do it. You empathise with them. It's interesting. They conspire to, to... beat themselves yeah have you, have you seen that Netflix documentary um, I've really felt for the, the coaches yeah yeah no it's, I, but I think you're right it's interesting that you start sort of delving down into what they get up to in the background and it does look a little bit like that yeah but they, they've never done it it's it's this is the importance of the pathways under 20s you've mm. got to be if you get beaten up every time at under 20s then when you come through you sort of you're conditioned into we're going to lose yeah, um, yeah very true and, and the, 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 the next gen of the Italians are actually doing quite well they're beating everybody yeah the one you've got to worry for is Scotland, because the Scotland under-20s are dire. They've been relegated into the second tier of um, 
of, 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 of Northern Hemisphere rugby. Oh, wow. Yeah, but they don't need all, everyone to come out of that team, do they? Well, they just need heroes like Alec Hepburn. They've probably got a breeding programme in Scotland. Hamish McHepburn. Hamish McHepburn. Oh, there we go. Hamish McHepburn. They'll bring in another, <laughs> they'll bring in another Van der Merwe and another etc, mm. etc. Et I think it was it 52% Scotland well, team. Should we, should, we, should, we look at oh, the big, wow. should we look at the big game in Ireland first? Yeah, I'm, I, look, I'm going to try and provide some form of, of framework to uh, our conversation. Um, Ireland looked pretty decent. Yeah, they look very good. I, I like it, any of these games, isn't it? With England and their game, you can only play what's in front of you. And France were a bit pants. Well, I go on. Should we get into it? Because you, you know, I've got a bugbear about it. Paul, you have. You've been dying to talk. You, you to called get me up before Hancock. So you had a go yeah. at me. Paul will help me. I again. did not have a go at you. The, the, right. I, I, what if you've been with us throughout the, the, the course of the, the, this season of podcast? You'll see that I've got an issue with the players getting sent off because they don't want to get sent off. It's foul play used to be if you punch someone in the face, you stamped on the head, you gouged them in, you know, you did something nasty. That's foul play. You're off the field. You, you also can't had be on cotton shirts that were two kilos yes. heavier no, in the rain. Correct. But what we've got now is foul plays where somebody tries to do something, gets it wrong. And they're then sent from the field, and 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 high tackles and, and and collisions, especially involving big people on the game line, they're getting sent off. Now, did Wilhelmser have the intent to damage? No. Did he do a clumsy tackle? And in the the, the the laws that we have at the moment, should he have been sent from the field? Yes. But it has such a material effect on the game, and I feel that just as in in, in a court of law, we now have. Mur- I love this by the way. We have murder and manslaughter. Yeah. Some, at the end of the day, someone's dead. Now, on one occasion, someone has intended to kill them. On the other occasion, it's it's come as an effect. Who's got their phone on loud? Oh, mate. Oh, oh dear Lord. I was, I was doing Bentley, the, because doing he had the, to get that blooming the, the thing on theme. YouTube. Stick with my point. <sighs> that as was murder. You just as murdered. A, you I just murdered, murdered our stream. You As a consequence of an action, someone has died, and that's manslaughter. Now, should we say, with red cards now, this is a red card intent, you're gone. This is a red card accidental... You've got to leave, but someone else can come on. Very much like NFL. So you don't alter the material effect upon the game. Because once, once, as soon as Wilhelmser was gone, the Irish just dominated the game line. Do you throughout. think we've got enough laws already, though? We need to simplify some things. Do you know what the first thing that caught me was? It's like, oh, he's yellow-carded him. That's probably right, because it wasn't really intentional. And then he put the cross up and went on referring it back to the bunker. I was like, oh, crikey, Six Nations, we're back to the bunker. Yeah, yeah. Because we haven't seen that I'd since the... i forgot about that I'd as for- well. I'd completely yeah. forgotten about it. I was like, uh, oh, yeah, the bunker. I remember that now. Oh, so it could be a red. They could upgrade it. But, yeah. th- but the good thing is that that was taken away from Carl Dixon as, uh, as mm-hmm. a choice. Yeah, so, you so, someone in the background. But we've gone into a different tournament and now we're playing some slightly different laws interpretations and all sorts much like the week before the ECPR turned over Josh Coalfield's getting off because they didn't like it and it's like hang on we've got all these different bodies all doing slightly different laws all doing slightly different things and they go I don't like the decision we're now going to overturn it and get it done well, it's like, uh, I don't think it's quite like that. Well, we've, we've, we've got people that are involved in EPCR at management level that are involved in World Rugby at management level as well. So you've got the crossover, which should then bring the consistency side of stuff. I like if you want to. It was like the Farrell red cards, yellow card situation that got overturned. Sometimes you just you, you get those you get those situations where they go back and you get it in, in law as well when you yeah. can send things back to court and it can be overturned or it can also go the opposite way. So you, you, you're you going to get that in rugby and you have that in the Josh Caulfield situation. Um, but I think to, to go back to your point around sort of red cards and, and things in, in the Six Nations, 
I don't think this is any different to what we've seen in previous Six Nations and World Cups. Don't tackle people around the head. That's like, and, yeah, and I think what's what difficult. We saw, what we saw in the World Cup was once once we got into the quarterfinals, other than Sam Kane in the final, they started to sort of say, look, not all head contact is a straightaway Simbin penalty red card. Let's try and move on and play. And, and the World Cup got a bit better when we allowed it to just sort of play through. And it seemed like there was there was almost an acceptance. Look, we don't have to send everybody off because there's head contact and we have loads of replays. And it looks really bad in slow motion because they're competing on the gain line. And I just feel there has to be some some means by which because we're not going to alter the behaviour. Ain't happening. It's, it's been going on too long. Players are still making these tackles and whatever. And, I, and I'm having all sorts of battles on Twitter with people saying, "Look, you cannot stop a six foot seven, nineteen stone man from looking to put a big shot on the captain of Wales." Got yeah, the yeah. other week for yeah, exactly the same thing. So do we just say, "Well, look"? You, you've got to leave the field because your technique's wrong and you can go and try and work to be better at it but somebody else can come on so we don't materially alter the game but what you're asking what you're asking to happen is that we as referees now have to judge whether you've intended on doing something or not but also almost what you've said happened because he went off for 10 minutes mm. yeah came back on then did something exactly the same yep. but even worse to then get that upgraded to a red but that that came back as it was a straight red anyway. Yes, exactly. So the yep. first one was a yellow that yep. was that. He came back onto the pitch after his 10 minutes, you've been a naughty boy, which is what a yellow card's there all about. Yep. He then did exactly the same, but worse. You can't be exactly the same, but you know what I mean. He then did something that was clearly going to be a red card uh, that Dixon could have given a red card for, but instead used the um, uh, the, the bunker uh, and that new system, which I, which we we're all for, because it takes that red card decision away from one person in the who wants to actually get on with the game, with a whole crowd going, "Come on, we don't want to watch TMO replays. Let's get going." And they said, "No, it's a red card." So the red card stayed, and he didn't come back on the pitch. I don't see what you, what your point is. Like you're saying about the NFL, what what do you want out of this? What I, I, I want to get to a position whereby if big fellas are making clumsy tackles and by the law they have to leave the field, you can bring another one on so that the game is not materially altered. Because once the France had lost a big attritional forward, they'd lost the game. It yeah, doesn't, doesn't matter what anybody says now. And, and lots of people come, oh, games can sometimes change. If you've lost a big man like that and you're playing a real tight game against a top-performing nation like Ireland, the game line's gone, you've lost the game. And, and that was very much what happened. What you want is increased mitigation. So you want the, the mitigation to be actually more lenient than it already is. So yeah. it was really strict to begin with. Yeah. Tom Curry sending off, there was virtually no mitigation whatsoever. Yeah. They then changed the World Cup and evolved it and, and gave more mitigation. So they said that actually if he was bent at the hips and bent at the knees and if the player coming towards him dipped or he was secondary, they were all mitigating factors. Yeah. Whereas they brought those in the World Cup and you're saying you actually want more mitigation. That If it's clearly just a bit clumsy or he was an assist tackler I mean, I mean, and there was a change in, uh, in direction and Coxie had a go at me because we don't need to just labour a point but having been in the environment when you're a big forward you must compete on the game line you have to and as you're I playing, don't disagree with that by the way as, as you're playing so the, the only other thing you know you, you, the, the, everyone's going berserk about Polisio to Alangu's 150 kilos 6 foot 4 you have to bang 
blokes like that on the gain line. You cannot, you cannot be passive. You cannot allow them through. Because if you do, you lose the gain line. Teams are flooding through. They're playing all their second-man plays. You're dead. Yeah, you're but dead. he can't. He also can't run without his legs, without his ankles. So look at the I'll way that you, Cowan Dickey tackles. Ian. Cowan Dickey diving at your feet. You get absolutely nowhere. How many red cards or how many times does Courtney Laws, who's a big, big man, get done for high tackles? Uh, Ian, it takes a very special breed of human to dive at the ankles of a massive human. And Luke Cowan Dickey is one of those very <laughs> special humans. I have no doubt about that. But having been, again, I've been there. I chased the kickoff once um, at Yarrow Stadium in Taranaki. Census Johnson, the Samoan international prop, caught the ball. I was flat out, and I launched myself. I was horizontal. I was like Eddie Honda from Street Fighter 2, and I hit him at about <laughs> thigh height. Eddie Honda used to go, gee, as he did his manoeuvre. Honestly, and then I, 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 I got up a minute later. I was picking grass out my teeth, and Census was about 50 metres down the pitch, just running through people. Sometimes you want to, as a big fella, you want to bang high. That's just how it is. Uh, my yeah, but you can't bang was, high and whack someone in the head. No, but this is the point, right? If he was, if he was three inches lower, that is a king hit, and everybody's going berserk. He's winning the game line battle, and France are winning. Well, the there's game. your mitigation. Yeah, but like, it's like if you stab someone, if you're three inches low, below the heart, you're probably not going to kill them outright. Like it's, but again, you go you go back to the point. You you can't hit people in the head. Now I get the the mitigation side of stuff, and you want to to have more lenient mitigation. I can understand that point as a punter, but what we've got to do is we've got to look after players. And at the moment, the steer is towards not hitting people in the head. Mm -hmm. So if you hit someone in the head, I cannot as a referee judge whether you've intended on doing that or not yeah i can't do that so you can't then ask for me to do that on a pitch like with the josh colefield just um, ask them yeah oh did you mean to do that <laughs> no i didn't yeah of course everyone's gonna say no i didn't no, all right, all right. We, we wasted far too much time so ireland ireland and france you got poo point you keep I'm, going back and laboring the point I, but yeah. it's it's, poo it's a hill i'm moment. dying on it's a hill I'm dying you on. are yeah. yeah so uh more are mitigation we, are we all happy with ireland france we are, yeah. The right, the right team won. Italy, Italy, England. Italy, England. Ethan Roots. I thought Ethan Roots was was a. I thought he had a brilliant first half. Second half, he wasn't quite at, at that same level. But man of the match was a cracking thing for him. I really liked Henry Slade. I felt he looked. Yeah, like yeah. A, I felt he looked like a glue player. I think he wasn't massively influential on the ball, but just everything he was influencing and around, he just seemed like he was pulling it all together. I was so pleased for Slady. But that's what he does for Chiefs, isn't it? Uh, where he had this chance to just drop off, he's then uh, turned his season around when he didn't get selected for the World Cup, become an absolute cornerstone for the Chiefs, helped all those young lads, and he's obviously doing the same for England in the centres there. It's not all about rugby with what and, you're doing with um, the ball and on the ball at this time, is it? And Borthwick did the magnificent manoeuvre. Faye Wabosa won for the final three minutes. So he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's tied into England for the next two years minimum. Or three years, isn't it? <laughs> three years. <laughs> you, do you reckon the spin's oh, going to wow. be, oh, we didn't want to play against Wales because you're Welshman, so, and that's it, he's done. Do no, you reckon? I don't, no, I don't no, know. No, I genuinely think, I know Borthwick's like that, I genuinely think he's seen a talent there. He's wants, he wants to pick up on a few of these young guys, like Cunningham South, like these other ones, and actually give them a real yeah, chance. Cunningham South was like now, him, wasn't he? Yeah, but what he's not... And this is the whole problem of people that support rugby and support England. Uh, they're like, oh, you should have started Finn Smith. What's Ford doing there? It's like, not long ago, you know, it's like, we want Ford because we hate Farrell. Yeah, so they, yeah. uh, and what else? They, 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 I saw loads of bad stuff about Daly 
as well. You can't just bring in a load of young lads as much as you'd like to be able to do that because if he did that and then these young lads get trounced, he's then a terrible manager again and people are judging him on all of that. Yeah. So what he's tried to do is do a mix where he brings in and then he's got the young lads to fill in. So he brought Finn Smith on later to replace Ford. Was it like because Italy played really well? It was later in the game and it was probably the same with uh, Manny as well because Italy were, were playing well and it was close. He didn't want to disrupt a side that had had a thread. However, I think that they will both be in the side this week. They, they, they weren't showing any injuries uh, and that I hope that they've gained that experience and they will be able to bring them on earlier because when they came on, they looked really good and really comfortable and Borthwick said it in the interviews. He loves how mature and how calm and collected these young chiefs are and the confidence that Rob Baxter and the, uh, have put in them. Yeah, I th- I th- and you also can't just dump people into international settings, regardless of what team you're up against. It's, it's very, very different to Premiership. You're getting 14,000, 15,000 people watching. You've now got 60,000, 70,000 people watching, TV cameras everywhere. And you you are another step above Premiership. So mm. that's it's faster, there's stronger people. It goes on, for, like the ball in play times are, are, are different. So, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll put myself on the back for picking Ethan Roots getting picked. Because I did say that you don't you don't put a twenty six year old in your squad unless you're going to pick him. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I'm, 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 you, you look, you pa- yeah, you I'm are, aren't you? Look, I, I know, I know. I might be fighting a losing battle on the sending off, but on, on the selection size, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Look at him. Okay, so <laughs> put England, him in there England, with England are Obviously, going to batter Wales this week at Twickenham. I well, looking at the Scotland Wales game, you don't. Well, I don't look. England, are, are, England are going to win. That's okay, bolted are on. Wales, are Wales going to have the courage to do what they did in the second half from the off? Can they do what they say? Do you have to go through a period of fatiguing a team before you can just chuck it about? Because the, um, the Welsh, the Welsh played in the Welsh DNA. They're one of the few nations that can throw the ball around with a plum, and it seems to work. And I know that in the modern day, you've got to do your. your Caterpillar rucks and you've got to play your percentages and what have you. But Wales are one of the few teams that, if they really go for it and throw it out the window and go, we're going from everywhere because we're Wales. Had Scotland not scored 27 points, Wales, no way, would have scored 26. So Scotland got themselves so far ahead, they thought they had a real blanket there. And yes, Wales were good. 14 penalties also gave away. Okay, this is what I'm coming to. Wales were good, but Scotland kept giving away penalties. And if you didn't, you'd be like, wow, it's a different referee come out who, who just gave everything against Scotland. But it was right to do that. But it was really weird if you didn't know the game, why it was doing. It was really weird for us as well. When you go from one, one side of penalising one thing yeah. and then the other side and you're like hang on, hang on how's this happened yeah exactly yeah. but it, they, they were right because Scotland had such a lead they started just doing stupid things they started committing too many men into rucks they started um, uh, being Finn, off Finn, Finn Russell as the captain being offside and chasing balls and, and doing said, all like, of that you know, I said to the lads don't be stupid and they kept being stupid so they, they, they were all penalisable offences. They were. So Scotland were just not as good in the second half, which made Wales but look what, really but good. was that because Wales were making them look as good because they were playing on their fingertips, they were chucking it about, they weren't necessarily respecting field position, they were just going for it? Because they got momentum and they got momentum through the number of penalties Scotland gave away. Chicken and egg. Coxie, you're an official. It is, yeah. yeah if you're a defending team, like it's, it's harder, isn't it? Like You know that. Mm-hmm. And it's harder, like you're you're gonna harder to defend than it is to attack. Yeah, yeah, and you're going to be on the receiving end of of penalties, yeah. and especially then if you compound that that situation. Now, 
you know, it's, it's one of those things like with, with referees, you do. Like, first half, you go out and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. And then the second half, you're like, this is a completely different game to what we had in the first half. And you've got to adapt to that as a referee as well. But don't don't think you're the only ones that find it weird sometimes that those those games take massive swings and there's nothing that you can do about it. You just have to keep executing the way that you, you did. So if, if you are the ref and yeah. you have a game like that where it does just go completely the flip, are you thinking to yourself, yeah, this has gone totally the flip. Do I? You've got to try and level it out. No, do, do, no. Do you just look? If this team keeps making mistakes, I'm going to keep penalising. No, you you go back to the consistency piece. So okay. people always go back and say we want consistency, we want consistency. Mm-hmm. So if you get a game that flips in the second half, then you go back to I did this in the first half, regardless of what colour jersey they have. Yeah. So I need to keep going with this to keep that consistency piece, mm-hmm. and so that the players still understand. Look, this is yeah. exactly what I've been doing. Yeah, so, so I've not changed this. Was completely right. Exactly. He just, I've not changed. So I quite, I quite like Ben O'Keefe as a ref. He's I think very he's good pretty referee. cool. Yeah, he's very good, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. And he, he, I mean, he was he was on the borderline of coaching at times, but it was providing a good spectacle of the game. There are a few things I wanted explained at the beginning of the game where he's making decisions and he actually sent um, Finn Russell away, or might have been in the second half, sent Finn Russell away. I'm like, what was the penalty for? Because he didn't get it and he didn't explain it because the. Oh. Mate, on the the Six Nations one, have you seen when Ellis Genge is having the argument with the ref? Oh, how, yeah, yeah. It's like a one-on-one. I was there one, on that It's like game. a 101 of how not to speak to a referee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why has somebody not got all that again? So, Alice, you don't just go and try and intimidate the referee in the test match. What are you doing? I mean, this this Six Nations, the referees were all like really calm, weren't they? Because no bigger. Have you ever had that, Coxie? Like, no Sexton, the, the no Farrell. The tone that people use when, they, when, when, you, when you're refereeing, do you have some people that you're like, yeah, I can work with you, and others are like, what are you doing? Um, you have some very different personalities. You, it depending on what what the situation is. Sometimes, so sometimes you can you can understand why somebody's cross at something. And I I had it recently where guy came up to me and said he he smacked me in the head. He smacked me in the head. He, you need to have a look at this. And I was like, well, take a breath a second, mm. because I know you're going to be frustrated by that. I understand where your frustration's coming from, but you can't come shouting at me telling me I have to do something. I don't have to do anything. Mm. So it was a, right, take a, take a breath, talk to me as a human being, don't shout at me, because yep. shouting is going to get us nowhere. Yep. Um, but then you get, other, you, you get other people, you can see they'll take a deep breath first, then they'll talk to you, and you can take a deep breath sometimes and, and talk to them, because like, you'll be aware does of does certain like things. physically run up to you and go... <gasps> No, right. No. <laughs> Metaphorically speaking, <laughs> that's you normally doing that, isn't it? As they as they run up to you, I can breathe. Because there will be an, <gasps> there, will, there will be analysts of teams that are listening to this podcast to try and get something on Coxie. Because because <laughs> back in the Chiefs, we used to have like we used to have referee analy- analysis yeah. for a game, and it'd be like yeah. this ref will, will penalise this, this. They're going to be saying, right, right. Here's the deal, Lewis Lidlam. When, when you're captain in the team against and Coxie's the ref, go up to him and go, hang on, Sarah, I'd like to breathe first. <laughs> Could you <laughs> imagine? Hang on, Dame Sarah. Call <laughs> yeah. her the Dame. No, I, at least you got to remember at the end of the day, you're managing people yeah. and you're managing people in high a, emotional. Yeah, in an absolute like cauldron of everything. Yeah, more so, adrenaline floating around that you yeah. can shake a hairy stick at. Yeah, so more often than not, you understand where they're coming from and you yeah. understand the frustration. Yeah. That's why you'll you're hear the point out. And then there's other times where you're like, this is unreasonable. Don't you're just being me. really unreasonable now. Yeah. Or it's just not the right time to do something. So if you get the Ben O'Keefe and he, he says to Finn, no, not now, mm-hmm. 
more often than not, he'll have a conversation in the background, so you'll hear it going over to a line out or what have you. It's just not that that yeah, very yeah. specific time is not the right time for you to be talking to me because we're taking the momentum out of or the options of what the team that has been given the penalty can do next. Mm-hmm. So you might send a player away and say, I'll come back to you yeah. because right this very second is not helping anyone and we'll talk about it on the way over to mm-hmm. whatever it might be. And then you go. Okay, so, <laughs> Deep breath in. So, six Nations this week: England versus Wales. We're I'm all, going. Are you going? Yeah. Are you? Or prawn, yeah. prawn sandwiches, or would yeah. You, well, I mean, everything's prawn sandwiches, like 130 quid a ticket or something. Yeah, yeah, and a bit more. Uh, well, incidentally, if you do want to um, watch rugby this weekend and you and you base locally, Exeter Chiefs are playing against Scarlet at Sandy. Park. Oh yeah, the friendly at Sandy Prior Park. Prior yeah. to the game, you can go along and watch that, and it, tickets are quite cheap. It's, access, it's accessible rugby. They're really cheap. It's a great thing to do. We talk about it with the stat man with things. I say there's no men's Six Nations game. That's for no men's Chiefs games, but that's we meant in the prem. So there is this great game against Scarlets and then stay in the bar, watch the England game in a great atmosphere. But anyway, England are going to beat Wales. Um, Ireland, Scotland. uh, No. Who am I on about Ireland? Ireland, Italy. Ireland, Italy, obviously, is going to be Ireland win. Yeah. And then it's Scotland, France. And that's an interesting one. I reckon France is going to be really angry. Yeah. They're going to have a great comeback and Scotland are going to go win. Yeah, I'm going Scotland. Mm. Nice. I think, I think Scotland okay. are looking half decent, and I think their second half. It's going to be two teams that are at a rocket. So yeah, I think okay. That, that, that's yeah. probably going to be the game of the week. Yeah, it'll be a good one. It'll be mm-hmm. a hell of a game. Okay. What time so, is that on? That one is on first on Saturday at two twenty-five. Yeah, so England's <laughs> a late to kick off four forty-five. <laughs> Oh, is it 4.45? Yeah, like I'm in the PWR you, you this weekend. No, no, I, no, oh, yeah. I, I was impressed. Oh, yeah, I'm in the, the PWR P- so this weekend. the PWR is live uh, on TV as well? No, not this one. That's in March. Are you sure? I've yeah, I saw it I saw it announced. Yeah, so I think it's in March. They're doing all the all the women's games in the well, PWR in one day. Using, using Coxie's favourite terminology, let's segue into the PWR and the extra Chiefs. He got, hates the word segue for some reason. Yeah, because he thinks it's something you jump on and ride around Horton Hill. The extra Chiefs... <laughs> the Exeter women lost at Bristol. I know. Brings, which brings the fourth pace team right into the mix. And Doesn't it ever? Jeopardy into the Chiefs. Yeah, so we 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 had um, uh, Claudia and Cleon last week, didn't we? And they were they we said, oh Bristol, you're going to hammer them. And they went, oh, and they were actually more cautious than we thought. But then, as we talked with Statman, they haven't had a great great um, history at, at, at Bristol. That Bristol at Bristol, whereas at Sandy Park, the the results are absolutely incredible. Uh, uh, Bristol away, and uh, I've obviously I've watched bits of it that we could do mainly highlights and different clips. Um, uh, and it didn't look. It looked like a really close game. Obviously, the moves you see are the real glory moves. There's a there's one where a, a line out and the 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 pod moves backwards. So it leaves a big gap at the front, and I think their number eight comes through and absolutely yeah. gives an their evil. Number eight, Roe Marston Mulhern was a bus. She was knocking girls over for fun. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. the most brutal handoff I've seen for a really long time. Um, uh, uh, so I saw that piece, and then I saw another one where they th- just threw it right out wide, and they went right round the outside. So they were using hands a lot. There were some real nice bounce passes, but then I saw a couple of the tries for the Chiefs are exa- exactly the same. One was uh, one was even a, a wide bounce pass, which you know <laughs> they're always good, aren't they? I think it was like pass. a I think it was like an M five, like missed five people on the way out to the wing, bounce and rumpf. 
in, interesting factoid. Um, Dave Ward is the head coach of the women's team. Correct. I once played against him in a game at Exeter Chiefs versus the Cornish Pirates, and he wouldn't shake my hand after the game. Oh, I remember he played for Cornish Pirates. He I've only ever known him he when he played throw, for. If he could throw in at lineouts, he'd play for England. He just could not throw in at lineouts. Oh, really? Yeah. One hell of a ball player. One hell of a ball. And he was only little. Like a Harry Thacker that could well, Yeah, no, because he was at Quinn's. That was when yeah. I first encountered him, was at yeah. Quinn's. And then he moved over to Ampt Hill mm. when he was... Mate, he was one, a ball player, top class, but he, yeah. didn't, he didn't like banter. I oh, really? I actually piled into it in my game and he didn't, he didn't want to shake me hand after. Yeah, but I your, can't your blame banter's him. crap anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think I'd want to shake your hand either. Yeah, well, I, I was always like, the game's over. Yeah, talk about a game of two halves, though. Um, Exeter came out firing, but entered the 22 numerous times but didn't come away with points mm-hmm. which was a bit of a shame for them um, because I think they had the opportunity to probably put it away in the first half so the execution wasn't quite there not quite there um, by the looks of things um, and then they came out after the second half and Bristol just flipped it on them and it was like you'd swapped their jerseys it was just completely different from, from Exeter and and from Bristol and then Bristol do you think that's because they, the Chiefs didn't get the bonus point in the first half like they have? In fact, they didn't get a bonus point at all. But in lots of other games, they've really dominated the first half and had momentum because every time they've made the visit into the 22, they'd scored. Because they'd failed that, Bristol at halftime went, hang on, we've got this. All we need to do is step up that yeah, little maybe. 5%. Yeah. Then Look how many times they've been in our 22 and we've then stuck them back out then. We've yeah. defended well. And uh, yeah, we can do it if we do that. Yeah, there's, I, and I think as well, there's there's nothing more than than a killer of being held up more than once over the try line. So poor Exeter got held up, which a good good defence from from Bristol. Fair Still play a stupid to them. law. Uh, why is held up a stupid law? Oh, what else are you gonna do? It. What are you gonna do? Well, what did you do before? Had a scrum five? No. No. Yes. No. no was, nobody was, wants to see. Shut up, Chris. No one wants. Shut up, Chris. No one wants a sequence of five meter scrums. Well, you only need one if you do it, right? No one wants this is, that. This yeah, is they the do. thing I use on Twitter. Don't say, don't say such a strong term as no one because I'm someone and I like five meter scrums. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, because you're, and that so was your sole you can, role. You and I'm ma- someone and I the, like them too. The vast majority of people don't. Let's take a break. Let's listen to some of our sponsors and let's hear from the staff. Two locks and a cox. From Devon's Radio X. With Exeter Chiefs. Things are heating up in the Premiership as the Chiefs take on Newcastle Falcons on Saturday the 23rd of March. Book your tickets today at tickethub.exeterchiefs.co.uk. Hi Dave, weekly Statman... Uh... Session. We've um, obviously got no Chiefs men's game this weekend, but we had a, a trip away to Bristol for the ladies and we had uh, a very interesting Six Nations with lots of Chiefs in lots of different squads, which is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant weekend uh, of rugby, really. Um, didn't he barely even miss the men not having a game this weekend. So we'll start with the women's game, I think, stat-wise. Yeah, that was, was unfortunately uh, the women's third successive defeat at Bristol in the, in the Premiership or the Premiership or the PWR as it was before. Um, they did get a losing bonus point last year, but it's it's been a pretty unhappy hunting ground for them. They didn't get their try bonus point this week either. That's just the fifth time in 31 games that they've not done that in the league. Um, but being more positive, Sale are coming to Sandy Park this weekend. Um, their record at Sandy Park sales is a bit unfortunate, I would say. They've lost for all four games that they've played. 
um, by margins of 38 points, 54 points, 38 points and 52 points. That was in the Alliance Cup earlier this year. So I guess the smart money would be on the pattern following it and it would be another 38-point um, win for Chiefs this weekend. Um, like, I like the uh, terminology, unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think That's it's one of those... Yeah, it's one of those you get on the bus and you think, oh, no. Yeah. Um, but actually, the, the women's record at Sandy Park is, is pretty much it per- perfect if you exclude Gloucester Hartbury. Um, Gloucester Hartbury, the only other side other than Exeter Chiefs women to have won at Sandy Park since November 2020. So basically, since that team, since the women's team have been there, that first couple of months, they did lose a couple of home games. But since then, it's only been Gloucester that have beaten them at home. So hopefully that excellent home record can continue for a little bit longer. That really is fortress sandy part for the uh, for the women's second game, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Uh, we thought the men's unbeaten record was pretty good, but um, but yeah, the women's is just as good. Um, so looking at the Six Nations, obviously brilliant weekend of rugby. Uh, rather unusually, we saw three away wins this weekend, uh, which is only the sixth time that's happened since Six Nations uh, has been going, and that's 116 weekends of uh, rugby. Um, although four of those weekends where we had all away wins have been since the start of 2022 so they've come in the last three years so they have got a bit more common but they're still very rare um ireland on friday night they got their biggest win in france and they continued their record if ireland are winning at half time they pretty much always win that's now 60 out of 62 since 2017 so key to beating ireland is beat them throughout the game beat them in the first um, half so you don't <laughs> have to make it up in the second yeah Probably beat them in the second half as well, but yeah. Yes. Um, England, um, that's her narrowest win against Italy um, ever, but positively for from an extra point of view, and Ethan Roots, man of the match. Uh, by my reckoning, he was England, the first England men's man of the match from Exeter since Henry Slade got a man of the match against Tonga in November 21. And he must be the first to have been man of the match on his debut. On debut, um, yeah. Awesome. So he was the 12th extra player to make an England debut while they've been at the club. And then, of course, Manny Faye-Waboso became the 13th. Um, so that's brilliant. Roots' is carrying as well was absolutely exceptional. Nine carries for 63 metres, averaging seven metres a carry. Ben Earl in the same game was only averaging four and a half metres a carry. And you'd, you'd expect him to carry at least as well, really. So it's absolutely superb. And Roots also took as many line outs as anyone else did this weekend. Um, Slade, he's now got his 57th cap. So he's, he's got one for each of the Heinz varieties. Um, and going back to those England debutants, one of those England debutants that's played for Chiefs, Alec Hepburn, obviously made his, Eng- his Scotland debut um, uh, in Wales at the weekend. As Hamish uh, Hepburn now. Yeah. Now, um, Daffy Jenkins also I uh, was obviously skippering in that game second youngest Wales captain ever um, he wasn't even born the last time Scotland had won in Cardiff so it was 22 uh, years wasn't it yeah yeah wow so, yeah. yeah so that's how young he still is um, Wales did nearly manage the third best comeback in international rugby from 27 points down uh, they got it back to 26, but uh, like they always say in, when, you're, when you're a youngster, if you're going to manage to score 26 points without reply, always best to do it when you're not 27 points behind. Um, <laughs> that old saying. But yeah, and again, Daff, um, it's been pointed out by other people um, 
over the, on social media over the weekend. He made more more ruck arrivals, attacking rucks, and t- made the third most number of tackles in the weekend. So he made, hit 35 attacking rucks and 17 tackles. So he kept himself busy, leading by example, but obviously didn't quite get the team over the line. Yeah, it's sad for him yeah, with that there because it, it, it was such a close game and it would have been great. But on the other side, it's great seeing as an independent, you know, as a neutral, seeing Scotland uh, break that 22-year-old uh, curse that means their stat man doesn't have to tick that box for another year. Yeah, yeah, someone in Scotland shredding that stat right yeah. as we speak, I expect. Exactly. So this weekend, I'm going to England, Wales at Twickenham, um, oh, uh, which, which is going to be good. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll catch up next week with some stats on that. And uh, what's your prediction for the, the sale game then? I, again, I, going from that pattern, every other the odd numbered games at sale visit Sandy Park is 38 points to, to victory to Chiefs. So, uh, so 38 points. We're going for that. Yeah, by 38 points. So maybe 48, 10. Brilliant, top man. Brilliant. Well, thanks a lot for this week, and uh, we'll catch up with you again next week. Two locks and a cox from Devon's Radio X. Always good there from Dave Church, the stat man. And now we're into local rugby. Top of the log in National 1, Plymouth Albion, after a magnificent start to the season. Uh, the wheels are somewhat coming off. They lost at Leicester Lions. Uh, Leicester, they outscored them two tries to one, but Leicester, um, their fly-off kicked about eight penalties. Um, so Plymouth Albion have dropped a fair bit off Rams and Chinna, who are now running as a two-horse race, and they face a very tough game away at Sale this weekend. I think they lost it that game uh, about four weeks ago, which was a real, if they win this, they could go on. They lost it, and now they know they're not in this real tight, very top one, top two of the table. Just lost their edge, Albion. They've, yeah. lo- they've lost four of the last six, I think. So they lost their edge. If they'd won yeah. that game and kicked on, they'd yeah. have had the momentum and think, we can chase this. But as soon as they knew, that it's a two-horse race, really, at the top of that league, isn't it? Is it is now, yeah. It's still a great league. And in fact, you know, it's the same across all the leagues as well that, that we're talking about. So your next uh, next one down, Devonport Services at the top, flying high. Mm. You know, they're, they're top of the league, they're game in hand, they've beaten everyone that they need to beat, and there's there's just no real surprises, it looks the, like. The, the, the thing for Devonport, though, is they've got a big set of forwards, and as the pitches dry up, Chew Valley are top of the ground, might well sneak a few bonus points and, and, and try and make it a bit of a competition. And, and I've, I've got a vested interest in Chew Valley now, because I quite like Dan Gatton in their 10. And they're a strong club as well, because uh, their twos absolutely hammered Withercombe. Uh, and their twos are dominating the league that they're in. And then your league below, no real surprises there. Sidmouth sat quite uh, quite clear high at the top with two more wins than everyone else. The real oh, surprise there was Topsham. That's that's a point. So my mate um, Ian Goff's bringing his Narbeth second 15 down. They're touring uh, Devon. They're, they're grand, the world tour of Devon. They're playing Sidmouth second team. Uh, this this weekend. So if you want to if you want to meet a load of Valley Commandos, get yourself down to Sidmouth Rugby Club on Saturday. Ian Goff, who's played eighty odd times for Wales, is bringing his team down. They're having a proper social. They'll be out and about. They'll be in Castle Street in Exeter most of the weekend as their, cl- their clubhouse, and nice. they're having a bit of a crack. Yeah, nice. I'm, I'm deba- <laughs> he said to me, "We're gonna have a court session before we go back on Sunday." I was like, "What?" It's Valley Commandos. Goffey oh, wow. is he's definitely a proper old school. Oh, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've drunk with him before. Right. Um, uh, yeah, so Sibeth, I said the only surprise in that league was uh, Topsham went to Truro. Didn't start well from them because um, they'd forgotten their kit when they got down there. So this, they were, is, this, is, this is magnificent. They the were, kit man has yeah. one job. And when they got <laughs> off the bus. Do they have a kit man? Yes. yes. Definitely. Yes. yes. 
So he's pumped up the balls, he's got the water bottles, he's done everything. But not the shirt. Forgotten, forgotten the to put the shirts in. So they went uh, um, and tried to find like a second team kit down in uh, Truro. Couldn't, I think they went to Sports Direct in the end and bought a sort of matching kit so they all looked vaguely um, similar. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's not, it's not <clears> like you're, you're, you're at a local game, you know, tops into Truro. You can't go, right, I'll no, you back can't and get just the pop kit. back, yeah. And uh, yeah, they unfortunately they they lost. So that's uh, you know they they're, they're not going to be at the top of that one because Simmouth and Credit and are just uh, absolutely sailing high on it. But you know it's sad for them to go down there. This is their first time in this league. They want to beat as many teams as they possibly can. So uh, yeah, well they'll probably learn more from it. You learn more from a loss. That's okay. What say. Right. Well, look, <laughs> this is a special pod, and we need to time check it because we need to go off the field, and we need to talk. <laughs> What <laughs> <to your> trumpet? <laughs> <laughs> he lost a bit of his lustre halfway through. Didn't I, he? I'll be honest, with you, mentally, I was trying to think. I've got it in my head. It's Buckingham Palace and Windsor Castle, but it wasn't. It was where did you go? Windsor Castle. Windsor Castle. So What's wrong with him today? Coxie's got What's to right Windsor. with him. Nothing's ever right with me. Coxie, you went to Windsor Castle. You met Princess Anne, and you received your MBE. No over talking. I want a monologue about your whole experience. Go. Well, the last time I gave you a monologue, you told me I gave you too much of my life story. But here I am. Okay. Uh, what a fabulous day. Yeah, Windsor Castle is amazing. There is not a stone or leaf out of place. And it was fabulous. Took the family up there and, uh, yeah, collected the actual medal itself and met Princess Anne. But funny story. So we get our car searched and what have you. So time's starting to tick along. It's taking a little bit of a sort of, okay, well, we've got to wind this up a little bit. We've got to get in here and get this done. They don't tell you how long things are going to take. So it took ages to get down the driveway, get into the gates because they've got to search the car and they empty everything. Bags, the lot. Have a look at it. Bonnet up, what have you. And I was like, oh God, like time's getting on a little bit. So by the time we get up there, I am in this full white suit and if you rub your leg against the car, it's going to ruin my suit. So I'm petrified to get out of the car. So in getting out of the car in a bit of a fluster of trying not to get this thing dirty, I have forgotten to turn the car off. Not only have I forgotten to turn the car off, I've left the keys in the car. So I've got a hybrid car, so it's, got, it's not making a noise. It's not told me it's still on. I've walked away from it and... I, it dawns on me when I'm in Windsor Castle having done the whole process and about to go in. I was like, where are the keys to the car? Ask the family. Everyone's like, well, I've not got it. You drove, love. Like, come back to the car three hours later. The car is still on with the keys inside it. It's the safest place you could have possibly know, left I, it. But Ian, where it dawns on you that you've left your keys in the car, that somebody could just get in it and drive off, so, and you have no excuse. But, it, but it's, it's MBE and OBEs. It's like the top, it's the best people. It's the best of us. Yeah, but you've got punters walking around outside. But they're not in the bit where you are, are they're they? They're not going to get out, are they? Are they're the not going to get out in your the, car. Are the punters in the bit that you are? They're on the grounds right. of, so you, you drive through the as middle you drive, of... As you drive past them, you oh. ride your window and go, peasants? <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> So you go into you go into the castle. You do all all the bits. So you sign in, register, and so they know that you're in the building. You then get ex- escorted through. You go through these very grand um, sort of rooms. They're exactly how you'd imagine them. If you've seen the crown as well, they look exactly like that. Like it's it's phenomenal. And um, we landed in the final room. So you get a pass that tells you what room you're going to be in. So they they do it in order. So it co- goes through sort of knighthoods through to the next one and then you go down into to the order and they they sort of 
split you out into groups, which I found really interesting. I thought you're just all in one room and you crack on. You sit in these waiting rooms, and they eventually call you through into this what I only describe as a massive dining hall. Oh, we've gone back to putting our hand up now. Do you, <laughs> yes, do you chat Chris. with your other OB recipients? MBA. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah like, hey, you, what did you do? Yeah, you you stood chatting they, around. Yeah, like with autographs people. and selfies with each other. No, I, no. I'm assuming there's, were there other celebrities around? No, no. Well, not that I noticed. Right. So there are people around. So if there were to be a celebrity, and I'm sure that you would cross yeah. paths. You live in your own little world a lot of the time. So someone really <laughs> famous could walk past you, you wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> no. Like King Charles could just wander past. You'd be like, oh, no, some that? bloke wandering past. Yeah. Like why is there so many people around? I also nearly crashed into one of her um, bodyguards princess anne's bodyguards outside they're everywhere so literally around surrounding the whole of winter castle there's police and bodyguards and people in very very posh range rovers you think what, what are you doing there and they're all the same color and they're all in strategic positions but anyway so we're in this room you go into this like what you can only describe as a massive dining hall and they brief you and they tell you what you're going to do next yeah by they is that like a court year or yes, is, is, yeah, they, he walks they, in. He's are they in regal attire as yeah, well? Yeah, 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 They're all in their, their oh, proper yay. attire. Oh, yeah. Not quite like with trumpet or anything. Oh. <laughs> Not quite that bad, but um, with, their, with their nicely polished shoes and whatnot. And, um, yeah, he's, he's in there and he tells you, right, this is what you're going to do. And he walks in. And all I could hear when he's talking was the man stood next to me jingling the change in his pocket. And I was like, I can't hear a word of what this. So I was relying now on the actions of what this guy was doing. And he shows you a curtsy. You've got the choice of a curtsy and a bow. Like a like you put your basically your chin to your chest. Um yeah. And I was I you I both nodded then. Listening puts their chin to their chest. <laughs> yeah. well, I did, I You're such a referee, yeah, can't I you say yeah, so, sorry, sir. I didn't know yeah. which chin to put on my chest. <laughs> exactly. And um yeah, so they tell you what to do. They take you through when, when you walk in. This will is what the room will look like. Your first head to um, this random guy that stood there. That's about to to sort of say, "Yep, you can crack on." It's all done off timing. So there's cues that happen within the room. So if she steps backwards, the tray will then come down with the MBE on, and so on and so forth. So it's all very very regimented. And um, he says, "Right, go in." And I said, "I'm not sure I'm going to get this curtsy right." And uh, the guy that was today, he's like, oh, "Don't overthink it. This is not her first rodeo. Like, I don't think she'll she'll worry too much." So in I go. I do th- what I think is like the, the, I do this curtsy, and what I think is happening is like I balls the whole thing up, and I'm like, "This is the worst curtsy I could ever have done." I'm trying not to split my trousers. I'm trying not to do anything stupid, and I think I I bow and I curtsy at the same time, and I'm like, "Oh you my birdsy. god!" I yeah, literally. <laughs> So I stood in front of her and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. And so she, so she starts talking to me about rugby. Well, she's so a she, patron of Scotland rugby. Yes, correct. And so she hangs, you get this little clip and they hang the medal on your suit. And I, all I could think about was like, this is a really expensive suit. And he's just put two pinholes through the middle of it. I was like, oh. Did you want to take it back? Did I it did still just... have the labels on it? <laughs> it wasn't quite that bad, but it did cross my mind. Um, and then, yeah, they hang the, the medal on and you look up and she started talking to me and I can't I can't tell you what she was talking about but I knew I was answering and I was like dear god and I I was communicating and she then started talking about technology and rugby and I was like this is not the conversation I thought I was going to have with princess Anne and she was just talking about the game what so I get up briefed. to 
it, it wasn't even it didn't even feel like a briefing it was felt like a genuine interest yeah. it would so, and, and it and it would have been yeah. they are phenomenal so i met king charles it's the same he gets like a five second intro yeah. to you and then he can just have a conversation you're like what the hell and, you're like, and, and she's the same but she genuinely is passionate and she yes. loves her rugby yeah she does and i was there talking to her for twice as long as everyone else so but that was all led by her so i hardly said anything i i sort of just answered her mm-hmm. her questions but they do tell you in the brief you, you are allowed to talk to her yeah. um but they actually say to you as well she will shake your hand at the end that's sort of the well congratulations yeah. like good luck with everything get off my stage yeah, yeah and so she shakes your hand and they say don't forget to let go mm-hmm. and you're like what let go then at that point you step backwards she steps backwards and you're supposed to curtsy i just turned and walked off right. i was like see ya yeah. i'm out to, you know mate. got my got my <laughs> i'm out of here you, you know her son-in-law is don't you so yeah. you know there will be no surprise to her with any of those things because he's an absolute menace and she loves that about yeah. it and yeah she's a real proper good honest royal yeah, and then we had hundreds and hundreds of photos as a family. Mm-hmm. They do loads and loads of them. And then is that, um, is that from an official photographer? Yeah, or? yeah from right. an official photographer. You're not allowed to take pictures in there. Right. Um, so you have to. You actually interestingly have to buy the pictures. <laughs> so you think everybody says to me, "Oi, do you, do you go and have like so refreshments?" It's, like, it's like the kids at school. Yeah, like you yeah have... they look exactly like the kids oh, at school. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that moment on a roller coaster they take at the bottom of the hill where you all got your mouth open and your hands in the air and they make you That's a great picture, yeah. but it's six pounds. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Sixty pounds. And you, you, yeah, you, you. It's really interesting because everybody thinks in the, there's this grand thing that happens. It's, it's grand as an event, but you don't get refreshments. We were, we were stood around for quite a long time, and they don't really tell you how long you're going to be stood around. Oh, they've, got no, they've got like um, no food dispensing. No vending machine. No, vending no, no water. No, no, no weak lemon drink. <laughs> <laughs> I brought my flask of wheat. Le- that's why Paddington Bear. Oh, I could, oh, I that's why Paddington Bear is so organised. Why he's got sandwiches oh, in his hat. And, in yeah. His hat. yeah, I should have done that yeah. under that bloody fascinating yeah. thing I had on. Yeah, um, and then yeah, yeah Coxie, you do scrub up well. I mean, sometimes. So Sarah also came to. We had an event, Chris and I, or mainly Chris. I was getting yeah. drunk um, uh, at Winslow Manor, uh, and we had John Barkley, John Bentley. Great night, really good. And Sarah turned up in this beautiful blue trouser suit outfit. Yeah. And you were really tall as well. I was like, you're no, I had there. heels on. Love. And then you, and then you told me <laughs> off for getting drunk and not being very good at whispering. No, you, your your banter was crap, but that's another story for another day. No, so, so yeah, so so we finish it off. Um, you sort of go out. So, so the actual ceremony itself takes very little time, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of waiting around beforehand, mm-hmm. and you're waiting to be called up. And I was lucky enough that I was very like high up on the list. Of course you were. Well, I don't know how. Probably number one. It C, wasn't, C no, for it wasn't in alphabetical order before probably, we start. Probably number one. No, three. <laughs> number three? Yeah, number three. Because your importance. Yeah. Because so, of it being real. So the, so the yep. first one was probably a night, and then the other one was no, like no, a, a so huge they'd already done that. of the British Embassy. No, no. It's probably some war hero that killed a million people. Yeah, so, so... No, like, so there were... No, no, that's not, not how it went. But anyway, and then you finish off, you do all your photos, you left your own devices, and then... That was it. I went was back to like the car that was still to walk on. Walk around Windsor Castle and check stuff out. Um, n- no, they they sort of usher you away from certain right. places. So it's like, nope, you can't walk down there. Nope, don't walk down there. And I was like, flipping egg lover, I'm, I'm not going to walk down there. I just want to get out the wind before my fascinator takes all, off. All the art is screwed to the walls and everything's stuck oh, down. There's no chance of getting a souvenir from there. Oh no, crikey! I thought I was going to fall over in those heels and doing that curtsy. So 
Yeah, and then that was it. And then you left and on how, your way. How was the family? Were they bursting? Was the tears? Oh yeah, mum. Yeah, bless her. She, oh, she, she loves the royals anyway. And did, so, did she go into the chamber with you? So, for the, so the, the guests bit? that you bring. Yeah. So what you do is you you head off in one direction towards the stage where Princess Anne is, and then your guests almost come round behind you. So as you're walking across, they walk to the side and then you meet at the exit, basically. So they're not anywhere near what what's happening, but they can see the whole thing. Yeah. Um, there's a posh band playing and stuff. So after the time, I couldn't hear what she was saying. Oh, there's a band playing as well? Yeah. What, like, yeah. French, like French rugby? A posh band. Not quite. A posh <laughs> band, a normal Chris. band, a posh band. A posh band. Like yeah, a... they were playing in the background. Soft jazz? <laughs> I don't know what they were playing, Chris. I couldn't hear breezy. anything. I was I was nervous as hell. I was sweating. And I got to a point where I was like, I forgot to bloody curtsy on the way out. Left your keys in the car. Left the keys in the car. And then my poor family, I'm like stress levels up to my eyeballs. And my poor family are like, Jesus Christ, what and, have we done? And you realise you had to buy the outfit because you put two holes in it and you couldn't take it yeah. back. <laughs> Honestly, that outfit. Um, what, so that was it. Yeah. What's the medal like? Is it nice? It's lovely. Yeah. It's it's really nice. I think it's a solid silver um, medal, and they give you a box for it and stuff. So so your butler's job to clean it now. Yeah, I get it framed. Yeah, get are it. Framed. Go, are you going to get it framed? Yeah, I will get it framed. We have a photo with the photo of you and Princess Anne together, so it has a bit more relevance. Or yeah, just hopefully. Framed as a thing? Yeah, yeah. No, I think I'll get the one framed with the family that yeah. that was there. So um, yeah, no, it was, yeah, it was really. You did nice. well getting her because she is ace. She is. She's awesome. And I know it would have been lovely to have the king, but he's obviously going through some yeah, bless him, yeah. hard times himself. And uh, yeah. yeah, and William's not about at the moment. So. No, no, um, well, he's come back, but yeah, but yeah, Anne's great, and yeah. her love and passion for rugby and and all things that yeah. Yeah, but that was yeah. it. That was my journey. Okay, well, Coxie, that's magnificent. Should we? Um, should, we're running long, so should we? Um, should we go in the bin? In the bin. Um, and obviously, there's been a. It's the first week of the Six Nations, so it's it's obvious that the Zealots are going to come out and do um, a, a research paper that's saying that rugby union is a tantamount to ch- child abuse. Do we, I, I don't want to give it any time, to be honest. I don't either, but you did attack him on X, so you couldn't help yourself. Oh, You're did like, you? Oh, did of course you he did, oh, yeah. I just All I do is I look up who's made the comment, oh, and then and I read if Chris they... Bentley. No, 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 the first person who's made the comment. And yeah. if they've got something that is like, oh, really bad, like the lady when we were doing the um, Chiefs uh, rebrand, and it was all of that, I look at them, and you're like, oh, no, I just really... And they go, they've got 48 followers, or even if they've got 2,000 followers, they're just trying to do it for some attention and by replying to them and talking to them you're giving the attention they want and then your friends and people that you know can see that you've jumped on it and they'll either go well, jump th- on I it with rugby, you I think rugby union to a level oh. is, is facing an existential threat people to have such inflammatory and hyperbolic statements go unchallenged because a, a, a lie told a thousand times ceases to be a lie and if people are going to say stuff that are patently untrue and, and no one challenges them eventually but and anecdotally, I was out for tea with some friends last night, and and she was on an, um, park run, and someone was running behind her and said, "Oh yeah, we're not we're not letting our son go to that school because they play rugby. We don't want him to play rugby." And this is this is the knock on. If you start to cut off the stream that feeds rugby, which is which is youth rugby, you will have no game in ten, fifteen years time because you have to start at a young age because it's a it's a difficult game to understand and there's a continuum in place where you start off with tag rugby as you start off with ripper rugby as kids. And you don't start contact till you're 10. You, you separate the sexes at 12 and so on and so forth. It moves through and you don't bring scrums and lineouts in till you're 13. And, and, it, and it continues to build. If you say you can't play rugby till you're 17, 18, rugby will be in real trouble. 
but the problem was the Twitter person you've seen would have been seen by a few people gone nowhere when the BBC pick up on it and they've done it. It was, that's fr- where it was front it, page of the Telegraph as well. And, and, and the Telegraph, so and that's where it's term, bad. child abuse is ridiculous. No, it's, well, they're just trying to they're trying to trigger people yeah, okay, and it's right, clearly we'll worked. That. Well, well no, that's it's why... interesting though because you're saying about what they say it, the actual I think the actual titles a group of researchers say high impact sports including rugby but what they are abusive to a child's brain. They they actually say they actually use the term of child abuse as as um defined by world rugby and say so rugby is child abuse. <sighs> But that's that's sensational articles. That's to get people to click on it. I've read the full piece. The the language is used. It's deliberately provocative. And I shouldn't shouldn't have risen, but I did. I know. But there you go. It's interesting, though. You've got 3.5 thousand followers. I thought fair play, because the last time I checked, you only had a couple of hundred, and I thought, I don't know what he's doing. Like, nobody's listening. (laughs) (laughs) Now there's 3,500 people that actually listen. (laughs) Coxie's just... How many of you got Cox? Uh, not very many. Ten point nine, I think, at the moment. <laughs> that <laughs> oh, not is such on, a flex. That's on Instagram. Was that, was that thousand many. or million? No, not, thousand. Not very many. Thousand. So, so, Chris, you do really well with three three thousand, but I've not got many. I've only got, I've got nine thousand on three times Twitter, I've, I've which got keeps under going 2, down. 000. By the way, does it? <laughs> yeah. Every time I look, it's gone down again. That's because so, so, shadow so, banning. Right, so, so we're pretty much there, Coxie. What's your what's your um, Twitter handle so people can know to follow you, Sarah Cox? At Sarah Cox Ref. No H. Ian, you want to get in the mix? Who are you? At Ian Dunstan. Uh, Ian Dunstan I don't do anything on no, it Twitter. Matter, on honest. Twitter, just follow Coxie because she needs a bit of a boost. Booster, yeah. okay. At Captain Cobalt on Instagram. Um, oh, God. So, so this weekend, uh, Ian, where are you going to be? So I'm uh, yeah, very much prawn sandwiches at Twickenham watching uh, England destroy Wales. Coxie, where are you going to be? Prawn sandwiches. Oh, so it's posh, isn't it? There. Oh, it's a cucumber. Cucumber I don't know. sandwiches. I can take my own sneak it in. Trying to wind up this podcast, Coxie, oh, where sorry. are you going to be? Uh, I'm going to be doing Saracens against Harlequins, PWR. Ooh. At the Stonex? Yeah. At the Stonex. Ooh, that's yes. a tasty one, isn't it? It could be. Yeah, it could be. Harlequins are um, a little bit lower in the league than what Saracens But they've been are. resurgent. Har- Harlequins have had two decent games, I think. Yeah, they're up against Sale. Yeah, they beat Sale very comfortably. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that'll be, that'll be a good and game. I'm, I'm either going to be vegetating on my sofa or I might pop across to Sidmouth. I'm still debating. But the problem is from my house to Sidmouth is difficult because I'll have an, end up having a few drinks and it's getting home. No These chance of getting home. No one cares. No, okay. You can right. walk. Any other business before we call it a pop? Oh, our road to um, from Barcelona to Ibiza. We raised some really good money for our charity at the Sportsman's Dinner, I believe. I'm waiting to hear back from the events room. What we and I've um, started with my rowing. Stop it. Oh, wow. What Welcome did, to the party, no, hang finally. On, hang, on, hang on a minute. This is Ian starting with his rowing. Did you, like, take it from horizontal to, uh, vertical to horizontal or something? I took the clothes off it. There you go. <laughs> You're going to be in a world of pain. That's a start. I I know that you have a lot of confidence in yourself, but I think this is starting to drop into the realms of stupidity. It's over a year away. He's a good Chris is a good rower. I know it's over a year away, but I I feel you need every I'm, second of it all that year. I am a machine. That's what I worry about. I think genuinely, you're, I think you're I'm a machine. No, and I've got more. We had a really good talk from James Buckingham, PFP Fitness, and he was talking about storage of body and stuff like that. Oh, you're one My of those. body has been a really good store, and it has stored so much energy that I could row from <laughs> Barcelona to Ibiza just on stored energy. You're <laughs> not Tyson Fury, love that you can't AKA train and then still win. Adipose tissue. <laughs> what fat? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, oh so I've got God. stored tissue. Fat reacher, fat school, all the fat stuff. That's it. So I'm going to be fine. But he's yeah. going to he's going to get about ten miles in and blow out. And we referred to he called me uh, Wim Hof earlier because I've been using my Lumi ice bath. Just I've not done the training bit. I've just been jumping in the <laughs> ice bath. So it's a little bit Skip like a step. It's a bit like um, I'm desperate to play rugby. But it's just getting in the way every Saturday for me. Uh, but I still go to the bar afterwards. I've, um, so I've I've I've, I've, I've inflated my ice bath. I've filled it with water. My son jumped in, lasted a minute. I'm still, oh, fair play to yeah, him. Yeah, he did well. Like, he even went right under as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, so come on, boy. And then I'm I'm still to do it. Because I, 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 I know I spouse. I know what I don't want to do. So well, Lumi, Lumi, local lads, really good, supported our charity, so we're happy with them. Anyway, that's me out, Chris. I'm done. You're done, Coxie? Yeah, no, otherwise I'm just going to continue to abuse you both. Okay, Josh, the rugby god, thank you so much for running the desk for us this evening, this afternoon, temporal bias outside. This has been episode 26 of Two Locks and a Cox, signing off. Two Locks and a Cox. Radio X. With Exeter Chiefs. Things are heating up in the Premiership as the Chiefs take on Newcastle Falcons on Saturday, the 23rd of March. Book your tickets today at tickethub.exeterchiefs.co.uk.